and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to another episode of 9 to 42. Uh, this is the podcast brought to you by the guys behind the Guitar Show UK. Uh, I'm sat looking at my good friend Jason Hunt on screen. How are you, Jace? I'm all right, Anne. How are you? I'm really well. I'm really well, apart from being a Sheffield United fan who was robbed of a goal last night by the <laughs> first time in however many games that goal line technology didn't work. 9,000, so, I believe they said on the radio 9, this morning. 9,000 games uh, that goal line technology hasn't worked. And, of course, it doesn't work for the first time on a Sheffield United game. So, apart from that, which I'm not, I'm not stewing on, but I keep having flashbacks to, uh, I'm absolutely fine. Though a little bit hacked off with the weather, because it's absolutely throwing it down here. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yesterday, I because of the throwing it down. Uh, oh, these are the joys of working from home. Um, I was on my hands and knees at lunchtime, taking about actually went up to my t-shirt sleeve. So what's that? About eighteen inches worth of soil and stones out of one of my drains. <laughs> oh. Ooh, ooh, now you see, this is a question. Is that worse than being denied a goal by by uh, goal line technology? I, just, I felt pretty grimy afterwards, I've got to yeah, say. You, yeah, you might have just... Do you know what? Actually, I would say you've got that one, except I've now remembered that you got the pick of the left panners, <laughs> didn't you? So because, uh, be, because, you know, you got the right ACDC and the right stone... Um, then I think as your Malcolm and as your uh, uh, your Mick Taylor, then I think I'm. I think on this one I've got to trump you. No, no, I do. I feel your pain. I mean, you know, that unfortunately or fortunately, it depends on how you look at it. I support West Brom, so you know, goal line technology in VAR doesn't really affect me in the slightest. It will do next year. Well, in fact, that's the thing we can look forward to. We can look forward to going to match together next year. Oh, we could. Yeah, we yeah, could do both of them. Home yeah, and not away. Even thought about that. Home and away. Home and away. Well, it's funny because a, a, um, a guy called Guy, so Guy Jones, who's a uh, songwriter and he writes for movies and does lots. Is that of, Robbie Williams? Of stuff. Guy? No, no, different. A different one. Uh, I don't think it is. He never mentioned it. I, I'm sure he would have mentioned it. If yeah, he, yeah, if probably it was the yeah. Robbie Williams one. So, so Guy, who um, who lives fairly close to, to you, is also a West Brom fan. And he came to United game with me when we were both in the Championship last year. So, so you know, uh, I'll have to introduce you to Guy, and we can we can do the whole yeah. There's three a, way. That sounds wrong. <laughs> there's not many. Uh, there's not many people who come from West Brom. Uh, me, Guy, and Phil Linnett. There you have it. There you. Have. Incidentally, Thin Lizzy came up on the list of. Um, Classic Rock or Prog Rock, I think it was Classic Rock, did a list this week of bands, 10 bands, whose best album was a live album. Oh, I saw that, yeah. I completely agree. came up on that. Yes. Uh, Along with Peter Frampton was on there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Kiss Uh, were on there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so yes. It's the only thing that's the album I've got. Uh, That's actually, to be fair, I think it might be the only one I've got as well, actually. But anyway, we digress, uh, yeah. which we which we're very good at. Um, 
this week we are talking to uh, Adrian Thorpe. Ah, uh, yeah, Thorpe FX. And um, and we had it's a it's a while now since we had a chat with him, isn't it? I'm trying yeah, to think how far back it is. I mean, we probably recorded this about five weeks ago, but it yeah. was in that it was the the end of that mad couple of weeks we had where we were yeah. interviewing someone every day because every day. we could. Yeah, we were like professional podcasters for for yeah for long enough to make it feel like it was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, and then uh, and then I got into um, end of year marking. Which yes. has destroyed the last month of my life, really. Yeah, because we've not spoken a lot, really, apart from doing the, 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 the these little top and tail recordings that we do for the podcast. We've we've not had uh, we've oh, not nattered like we normally natter. I, I have literally I, I've either been marking or second marking, um, so checking my tutor's marking, um, and you know, I I love teaching. I absolutely love being in the classroom. I hate marking, <laughs> I don't, but I don't think you'll find a single lecturer that does enjoy it. I don't think you'll find a teacher that does. If no. I'm, if I'm, coming, from, coming from a family where I'm the black sheep and I'm the only one that's not in education, I don't think you'll find a, a teacher that likes marking. I mean, last Friday, um, there'd been a, oh, a, I don't know, communication error, and I got a, a message that said, could, could I step in and do some second marking? I was like, yeah, okay, what do you need me to read? It was twenty one thousand words. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought, how long have I got? And I've got you about three hours. Right, okay. Coffee you see, unless and that snacks. had been written, unless that had been written by Nick Hornby, I won't be interested. And, and the problem is that I'm reading basically, um, you know, uh, it's multiple students' essays. Um, so it's like reading the first chapter of a book written. 15 different ways <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's it's the same story over and over again well i f- i feel your pain with that one um and we won't dwell um no let's go know, on to uh, let's go on to adrian because he's far more interesting than we are well he is he is and we are banging on a little bit we've 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 in, you know we've indulged ourselves in some in some chat which we don't we've been trying to not to do so uh so anyway so adrian how long have you known adrian then uh, uh five years maybe um i don't suppose he's been going much longer than that no i mean you know i think he says in the in the podcast you know it was part of his plan to do the guitar show um obviously i didn't know this um but he didn't think he'd be able to afford it and you know one one of the things that i, I like to think that i do is that I've got a very um, cost-effective route to market. It's nowhere near... I mean, if, if I, I'm 50% cheaper than what I was charging at the NEC a decade ago. You know, so um, it's relatively affordable. And I, I bought in a payment plan for smaller builders. You know, I can, you know, for instance, like Lee at Laney, he's like, oh, don't send me the payment plan, just send me the bill. And I'll pay it all in one go. Because Laney are... Laney, Ibanez, Tarman, they can afford to do that. Whereas the, the, the much smaller builders, which I think is the exciting part of the show. You know, you can, you can go into any PMT, Fair Deal, Guitar Guitar, whatever, and see you know, Fender, Laney, Ibanez, whatever. Um, it's, the, it's the small builders that make the show the show. Um, and it was like, well, how do I, how do I get them in? 
when their cash flow is much smaller and it's like well you know if their stand costs i don't know 500 quid i'm quite happy to take it in payments up to that so they can afford to pay me 100 quid a month or, or whatever it it may be um just because it benefits the show and you know the big boys when they pay each other, that's my cash flow if you like um and, and you know and that's what adrian says in the in the interview really that you know he really appreciated that but it, you know it was a deliberate plan from the start well let's let's um let's let's roll it and um because it was a really nice chat uh, and he's uh, a, a very engaging and funny fella so we'll roll that and we'll have a we'll have a little uh, regroup at the end if you like okay see you in a bit So welcome to another edition uh, of 942. We're still in lockdown mode. I'm still looking at a screen with, with faces on it and, and, and recording these things remotely. Um, Jace is in the room. Say hello, Jace. Hiya. And I'm very pleased that we've got Adrian Thorpe of Thorpe FX. So good evening, Adrian, and welcome. Hello, mate. How are you? Really, really well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I guess the first question probably worth asking, bearing in mind we are still in a weird kind of state and uh, and you've got everything going on with your business how is the business how's everything gone through this period for you yeah really well surprise yeah well i say surprisingly i mean we make we make a hand-built product in the uk um i think we've had logistical issues like which is a bit boring like getting stuff yeah it takes a little bit longer but just prior to all this kicking off fortuitously we had a load of stock and parts arrive and you know we buy in big bulk to sort of save save money and so that's been less of an issue for us than it could have been and yeah we we launched two new pedals uh at nam right and we're just trying to fulfill those orders and the back orders that we've got and all the rest of it so yeah we've been building like 10 men really even right. though we're down to two men and and uh, <laughs> yeah um and just for my understanding, is that stuff that's been you're selling directly, or is that going through retailers? How do you how do you operate? Uh, we've got a mix mixed bag. Um, we've got a lot of really awesome retailers around the world. And if if customer doesn't have a retailer in their area or prefers to buy direct, they can do, but it's not something we push. So yeah, we do a bit a mix of both, really. Right. Okay. And have um, are most of your retailers still up and running? No, some of them have closed for the time being a lot of the bigger ones are still managing to stay open and that's fantastic a lot of the smaller ones have just changed their business model and moved from you know bricks and mortar through to online only so i think everyone's trying to succeed in a in a tricky environment but you know let's be honest there's a lot of people at home there's a lot of people bored and uh, a little bit of respite by making some absolutely god awful noise is, is is good for everyone's soul. Well, I could probably buy two or three pedals with the money I've saved on petrol because I haven't filled exactly. my car up in two months. So uh, where's your order? Well, what the hell? Uh, yeah, you've not heard me play, have you? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm only joking. No, no, you know, no, you're fine. No, it's, it's 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 a it's a fair point. So I'm I'm the one that's new to this circle because you two have known each other for a a, a while. So uh, I'll get the obvious questions out of the way of things that I don't know. D- talk us through the background uh, because you know how did this start? What drove you to do what you do? Yeah. Um, so I, I've been making 
effects pedals for absolutely donkey's years. But initially I started as a hobby uh, to sort of fill time that I had on my hands. I just commissioned into the army. Uh, I was a young second lieutenant. And this was just a way of, I could go to the gym in the evening, I could go to the bar in the evening, or I needed another hobby. So this this became the other hobby. Because, you know, there's only so much booze you can drink. And I'm a proper lightweight. Uh, even though I'm a 20 stone bloke, I, I just can't drink for toffee, you know. It's really, really bad. So, uh, so this hobby uh, was, was better for my health. And um, I just started building pedals. So I was, you know, first one I built was a range master. It sucked because it didn't work, but I got it working. And then after that point, I was hooked. So <clears throat> do a lot of fast forwarding. And uh, I end up, uh, I meet my now wife. Um, and uh, so that is, this is five, just over five years ago now. Um, we just got married. And we're like, oh, what are we going to do now? And my wife's like, well, you really ought to do the thing you've always wanted to do, which is... Um, yeah, start your own company. So that's what happened. And um, <clears throat> with a little bit of help and advice from some close mates, um, we, we we launched Thorpe FX. And, and that's where we are now. So I've gone from being a bomb disposal officer in the army uh, to being an effects manufacturer in civilian street. And, you know, two totally different careers on totally different paths. And I love both of them. So, you know... Uh, yeah, proud to be doing what I'm doing. I was, I was saying to Ant about the um, sort of like a controversy is probably too strong a word, but the uh, sort of like at the very start, you launched a pedal that um, you still do, but you've had to change the name. But you were saying that yes. it kind of got you started, really. You know, yeah. It, it, so I mean, it's no secret now, and um, <clears throat> it's a bit of a strange. It, it really was a bit of a strange one. So the first pedals we launched were the Gunshot. Then it was the Peacekeeper, I think, and the and the Muffroom Cloud, and it was the Muffroom Cloud that we started to get some traction in the USA. So we started to send our pedals for review uh, with Premier Guitar, which is one of the biggest um, magazines in the US, in, in the world in the US. Online presence is huge. Uh, so we sent one off. Um, it blew them away. They called it the Rolls Royce of Big Muffs. And literally within, it was 11 hours, I counted. <laughs> I like, I've got a cease and desist on my, in my email. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So <clears throat> there's, a, there's a saying in the military that you can lose the battle but win the war. Okay, now... This, I couldn't afford to fight EHX. I couldn't afford to fight EHX in the UK, I certainly couldn't afford to fight uh, them in the USA. And, and to be honest with you, if we had the money, we would have won. Mm. Because it's it's absolutely ludicrous that you can, uh, you know, a made-up word that I made up, which has, a you know, obviously a passing resemblance to um, a phrase that they, they have, that they've trademarked, well... It just wouldn't have it, it. wouldn't have stood up in court. But fighting it essentially would have taken me away from what I ought to be doing, which is designing new product, pushing the company forward, and, and just going for it. Mm. So we made the decision there, and then just to um, change the name. Now the thing is, people noticed that stuff. We had quite a following at that point already, and people were like, "What? Why have you changed the name?" 
I was like, well, you know, we've got a cease and desist from a well-known American company that are rather large. Um, and, 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 you know, we had people buying the product just to stick two fingers up to yeah. the people who are trying to bully us. And, you know, like, well, thanks. I really appreciate it. Because the product's the same. The name's changed. Yeah. That's all. Um, I mean, we've sold thousands of them. So, you know, I'm really grateful for it. <laughs> Do you think in a roundabout way, then, actually, that helped because you know that it's that no no such thing as a bad story thing and and there'll have been a dollop of publicity then then you'll have had a little bit i guess of of your customers almost like say sticking two fingers up sticking up for the little guy you know and and suddenly that gets you a a load of loyal customers quite quite quickly on something that like you say is really innocuous really yeah absolutely i mean don't get me wrong the product's Great, and oh, yeah, I'm really proud of what yeah, we've done. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, if if people are going to buy it, they need to have heard it, yeah, or heard of it. That's the that's the continual battle with all business. You know, yeah. you people won't buy if they don't know you exist. Now, having a massive company who you know didn't need to do that, <laughs> but decided they would, to put us on the map by going, ta-da! Here you go. Guess what? All that happens is you just end up in the limelight for a very brief period. And But the thing is, we sold a load off the back of it. We sold all the ones that we needed to clear with the old name. Mm. And for a lot of people, that was their first pedal mm. from us. And, and, and you know, great, because we've had, we've had loyal customers, um, well, since then, before then, whatever. But, yeah, absolutely, really, really awesome. And... You know, nice to, that people felt inclined to support us then, and it's really nice they feel inclined to support us still now. It's amazing. Obviously, you two got to know each other, and 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 you supported the show. I mean, how long how long ago was that? How long have you two known each other? I think four, four five, four, five, four or five years, years, isn't it? Yeah, something. Yeah, like Yeah, Jason's that. been stealing money from me for <laughs> that long, and I never forget yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> never let no, me to be fair, he, he did that. <laughs> when I was sure, he did that with me for about a decade. So yes, it's fine. <laughs> well, I'm going to blow smoke at Jason's ass here um, because uh, I, you know we we're really lucky in that actually Jason's quite a, he's got a really nice moral compass with regards to small business, and so we made the decision to exhibit at his show, and and he has a number of mechanisms in place which help smaller builders and smaller. Um, companies like myself actually make that leap because it's a big leap when you when, you know you could spend money on one thing or another and we knew we were going to always going to be exhibiting there and it was just it, it gave us that well we've got no reason not to do it and we really appreciate it you know and it's, it's rare in this world I know of another big show in the world that doesn't do anything like that yeah. not at all yeah, they don't take you for a curry either do they <laughs> no they don't uh, it's a good bloody curry as well <laughs> do you know what and, and this is probably the only time on any of these episodes I will do the same the same thing and agree with you but to be fair I exhibited a number of times as sure um, and, and, and it was a tenuous link at best and would do it every single time because I've always felt the event was great and the atmosphere of the event and the, the community feel of the event is like very few events that I've been to and I've been going to events for 20 years um, oh, it was even better this year it was like like, yeah, it, it seemed to make a a quantum leap this year. It was wicked. 
Really I don't know. It. I just got locked in a cloakroom for most of it. Uh, I didn't see much of it. Borgag? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I was sent off to interview people for the podcast, and he literally put me in a shithole of a room. It was just absolute. It's cat litter tray. Yeah, but you're in Birmingham. Train. Well, what, what, you're in a shithole of a room. You, like you've literally <laughs> described everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who we're gonna have to apologise to after this one, but I love Birmingham. I'm uh, only joking. Uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, well, which is funny actually because one of the one of the people I did interview was Mikey Demas while I was there, and obviously there's a tie-in with you there, isn't there? There is, yeah, and, and I guess in in the same way that you know you you've got a tenuous uh, tenuous link yourself, it, it, Mikey, we met um, we met uh, actually another guitar show, so <laughs> yeah. um, not, uh, there aren't any others, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Mikey's a Manson's artist. So he has a signature Manson guitar. He's also an orange amplifier artist and uses the Rockerverb 100. Um, and so we got invited to go to a Manson's guitar show in Exeter, which is it's not on all the time. It's not. It's an every other year, I think it is. Yeah, it certainly was. Um, um, anyway, or- the guys at Orange I'm friends with, and they they brought Mikey over and said, "Hey, try these pedals. You'll dig them." To be honest with you, we got chatting to to Mikey, and we—I think this is always the way you sort of hit it off because he's got a young um, young daughter, so have we, and we just talked crap about our kids. So nothing to do with guitars or anything. Just so we 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 became quite friendly because of that, and um, yeah, consequently, um, we just sort of stayed in touch. And you know, roll, again, roll forward a few years. What I sent, what ends up happening is Mikey wanted to do a signature pedal, or initially, and then he just decided he didn't. It wasn't the signature thing he wanted. He wanted to do something more, and he came to me for advice. Uh, he liked what we were doing, liked the ethos, all the rest of it. And whilst we were talking this through, it just became really clear that. Mike had some great ideas, some great design ideas and all the rest of it. But what he lacked is what we can provide, you know, the sort of manufacturing and all the rest of it. Because what we're doing is essentially what he wanted to achieve. Um, And so because of that, yeah, we we just went into business together. Uh, um, And, you know, Redbeard Effects was was, uh, created... And uh, yeah, we're two pedals down range already. Uh, they they look great. They sound bonkers, and and they're different to what Thorpe is doing. So, I guess that's the key thing. I guess that's a really nice little way for you to take a step in, in sideways step somewhere else, and with that whole you know advantage of it being a, 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 a you know under a different brand banner. So it gives you a lot more free reign to you know to develop something in a slightly different different way. Yeah, and I, th- I think. The thing is, you know, I, I, um, I mean, I, my musical tastes are very separate to what my brand Thorpe FX is doing. Um, I listen to the heavier side of rock, heavy metal. You know, I, there's so many labels for it, but essentially, I, I'm really into heavy music because for me, music has to um, it has to move me. If I don't, if I'm not, if I'm not moved by it i will not listen to it so it could be anything that's got a really good beat um really good melody but it has for instance i can't really get on board with indie music because i've got no relationship to it whatsoever um 
I, I just don't want to listen to it. So, <laughs> I, you know, but then, but I absolutely get where other people love it and, and would, would shudder to listen to the music I listen to. You know, I, I like Motley Crue. I like Slipknot. I like, you know, I like Guns N' Roses. I love all of the heavier side of things. Um, Lamb of God, you name it. Uh, so yeah, back on track, this gives me an avenue to do some of the crazier and heavier things that my core line, which is not polarizing in what it does, um, might not be able to release, you know? Yeah. So have you got um, new products for both companies being sort of like developed at the moment? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got uh, we've got another one for Redbeard at the moment. I'm working on several for Thorpe Effects. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, when, when do you get the time? It's a good question. I mean, I think I I think one of the things that I, people don't quite understand about me is how manic I am. Um, I I can't sit still. I can't do nothing if I'm not working or doing something. I'm supremely bored and unhappy, and so. <laughs> I just loved. I'd just fill my day. If I, if I, there was forty eight hours in the day, I'd love it. If I, if I only needed an hour's sleep, it'd be amazing. I could be so much more productive. Uh, you know, but there isn't, and so I just uh, we work quite hard. Both me and my wife. We're up. We're out. I mean, usually I'm working till eleven at night. So it's, it, every day's like that. Mm. Uh, wow. The joys of being so enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I say that not to. No, no, I, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, a bit weird at the moment because the show's kind of almost on hold and, until we know what's going on. But I, you know, I regularly pull like 15, 16 hour days when it's kind of like from Christmas onwards to the show. And, yeah. and I have, I don't regret a single second of it. I, you know, I love what I do. So it, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, and then, of course, I come along and suggest a podcast to somebody who doesn't want to podcast, who's now getting addicted to it, <laughs> which, which, which just, doesn't help. I just, there, was, there was a missing hour in the day that I needed to fill with something. <laughs> missing hour. Do you know what's good about the uh, podcast? I listen to them while I solder um, a lot of the time or I'm doing development work. Um, I, I, the, the, the reason I like them is because you can always learn something. Mm. Uh, learn something from different people. Like some of the podcasts I listen to have some weird people in it that I wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily socialize with day to day, but you get to hear about their life experiences and what they've gone through and all the rest of it. And like, yeah, and and it's generally on topics that I'm interested in, like science and engineering and stuff like that. And so this is, yeah, this is awesome. You know, a similar similar sketch. Well, I think I've. I've always had a, a, a view on podcasts that it's probably the only form of media now which doesn't have to be disruptive. It doesn't have to scream and shout. People actually are prepared to engage with a podcast for 30, 40, 50 minutes uh, and, and, a, and want to have a long listen. They want it to be nuanced. They want it to be detailed. It's actually that point in the day when you actually engage with something that that isn't you know because YouTube's got to the stage now where you know people are switching off YouTube or making a decision on a on a, on a YouTube video in <coughs> in under five seconds, and yet podcast hasn't got to that stage. People are there's, there's and I think it's you take comfort in audio only. 
I think it's that whole thing of the radio, of painting picture with words and all that kind of thing. And I think there's still a lot of comfort that people take from that kind of stuff in the same way they still enjoy audiobooks. So for me, the great thing about doing this, and I, th- I don't think it really matters on the subject, but it's, you know, as we talked a little bit about before we, we started, this is about the people behind the companies and behind the bands and behind, it's a, it, it, you know, and you can actually talk to the person, which I think to me is always going to be more engaging. Um, yeah. you know, so with what we are doing in these kind of lockdown uh, episodes is we've we've put together a quick fire round, which for some reason I seem to be introducing every time, but then realizing that I actually haven't got the questions. No, I've got so the questions. I, they're here. They're, they're there. So Do you have the answers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so it's a quick, it's a kind of quick fire thing, but it, it's, it's, it's it, well well. I mean, there's no pressure, but so far we've asked um, we've asked Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols uh, and yeah. various other bands. We've asked Earl Slick, David Bowie's guitarist, and uh, again play with a lot of other bands. Simon Bartholomew, Barth- there, Bartholomew from Brand New Heavy. So no pressure. Uh, Earl Slick's answers were fairly amazing, um, but again, no pressure and, and very quick. That's oh, right. You need one. You need another end of the scale. So you know, <laughs> it's all to bring balance. Uh, Glenn, Glenn's answers were. It's a quick fire round, Glenn. Okay, it took about half an hour. It did. It did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, okay. My speed or please you. <laughs> so, uh, the first question: um, What thing in your career are you most proud of? Uh, uh, getting my MBE from the Queen. That's a good answer, isn't it? You've already nailed that one. Yeah, it's, it was. Uh, you know, when you have those moments in life that sort of like choke you up. That was one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, second question: Which three people would you like to have dinner with? Uh, family aside, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alive yeah, yeah, or yeah. dead? Yeah. Uh, Neil Armstrong. Uh, Robert J. Oppenheimer. Uh, and probably, ooh, that's difficult. That the last one. Uh, I'll come back to the last one. All right. You got to for for now. Right. Uh, which piece of gear do you wish you'd never sold? You see, my Cornford amplifier, uh, MK50, MK2. Um, I had a 2x12 and the head, and it was the most glorious sounding amp ever in, in Oxblood. Um, I bought it off the back of a review because Guitarist Magazine said this is the best amplifier that ever existed. I was like, that's good enough for me. Uh, I'll give it a go. And then, so so I sold it because I was going for a divorce and I couldn't have a two by 12 in a one bed, uh, bed sit. Because <laughs> that wouldn't be leader. I mean, it wasn't much better. I bought a combo and it was a Mazer Boogie Mark V. <laughs> but in my mind, it was a combo, right? So that's, and, and it had a 10 watt mode. So all was well. So I regret selling the Cornford, but fortuitously I managed to find a mint one this year and I, and I got it and it's the it, you know when you're like oh yes yes that was the best thing that I ever heard I always it's thought incredible. that Cornford were kind of the start of the boutique market weren't they I mean you know Paul used to do the guitar, um, music live with me 20 years ago sort of thing yeah and, and he brought along Richie Cotson Guthrie yeah and so on I mean it was like it was everywhere for a couple of years because it's incredible stuff. I mean, like, 
Obviously, the brand doesn't exist, but Martin Kidd's a, a legend anyway, the designer. Yeah, he's victory the, now, isn't he? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And he, he's cool to chat to anyway. Actually, I had a problem the other day with the Cornford, um, and uh, I thought, oh, who do I... Oh, yeah, I know Martin Kidd. <laughs> so I messaged him, <laughs> and he was really helpful. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, this time there was this issue, because I was having a slight issue with it, just because of its age, that's all it is. And uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I just need to do this. I was like, all right. Wicked. Thanks so much. Just look in this area. Uh, so he was really helpful. So that was kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, long, long-winded, circular answer, but Cornford. But I bought it again. So, and it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Cool. Um, what's the best gig you've ever been to? Uh, oh, see, I don't, I've got two, really. Well, they have two. All right. So from a personal perspective... Taking my son to his first ever gig, and and I, you know what, I've got to thank Mikey for this because he said, "Would you like to bring Fraser to come and see Skindred?" I'm like, "Yeah," because my son Fraser, he, he loves uh, he loves heavier music. He's learning guitar. How old is he? I was like, uh, "He's eleven, nearly 12. Uh And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely, that'd be amazing. Thank you." Anyway, so the gig is disturbed. At Ali Pali, <laughs> uh, and, oh, and you guest listed, and uh, yeah, you come and hang out in the green rooms, chill. And because Fraz is only eleven, at the, he was eleven at the time. Yeah, ten or eleven, I can't remember uh, at the time. Um, we'll sit you in front of house, right? <laughs> so, rest of the crowds moshing away and having a you know doing the Newport helicopter, it was, which was just astonishing, <laughs> and then. Um, you know, my son's just stood on the barrier in front of house so he can see everything. And I'm stood behind him and he's there swinging his jumper around, having a, he's just getting into it. And yeah, I could just, there's this, this moment where I could see his brain just go, this is incredible. Um, and that, you know, that's all down to Mikey, really. And I've got a photo of that moment as well, of just him just transfixed, uh, just. The, the stage in front of him, it's his silhouette. Uh, it's one of my favourite photos that I've managed to take. And um, yeah, so that gig, from a personal perspective, was like, is my favourite gig because it means so much to me and my family. On the flip side of things, um, seeing Ramstein at Milton Keynes Bowl uh, last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was, it was last, last July, wasn't it? Yeah, that was unfucking believable. <laughs> I have never witnessed anything like that before in my life. From a sheer, I mean, I, Slipknot are up there and are amazing, but Rammstein are just on this level, which is I can't, I can't really explain it apart from this. It all, I don't know if you've seen them on this latest tour or seen pictures from yeah, this yeah. latest tour. It takes about a week to put up their their rig, and it comes in on these massive trucks, and they bring their own power supplies and everything because it is a huge undertaking. It's aside from being the loudest gig I've ever been at from from a um, just perfectly mixed music perspective. It is. Um, it was also the loudest for this reason. Like they, they come in, the drums are going, and you're like, they're all starting to come out on stage, and the drummer's on stage doing his thing. And then there is this, God, just a massive explosion. 
And like as someone who knows explosives, I've got master's degrees in the subjects. I'll tell you this, right? They are on the fucking limit. <laughs> that is the loudest thing that I have heard outside of detonation. So they and like I you could feel the shockwave from it. And I was up in I wasn't at the front in the foyer pit, as they call it. I was up on the side and, and <laughs> it happened, I was like I felt like I was back in the army. I got this rush of just like, boom! Oh yes, that was incredible. And um, yeah, so that kicked it all off, and then the gig was just astonishing across the board. The music, the 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 theatre, the flames, the explosion, the light, the smoke, the confetti, the giant steel cock. It was all there. It was absolutely fucking amazing. And I'm supposed to see him in Coventry again, but it's like cancelled. So yeah. well, I think it's going to get cancelled. It's going to get cancelled, so, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So never mind. Oh, well, um, they'll be back. Yeah. So favourite gigs, there's two. Music and theatre is Rammstein. Personal uh, reasons, Skindred and Disturbed. Cool. Yeah. Cool. There you go. So last question. What's the yeah. first thing you're going to do post-lockdown? I'm going to hit the gym. Hmm. I'm going to... I I mean, I say I'm going to hit the gym. I've just ordered 500 kilos of weights, and that's just arrived. And I'm, built, I'm building a home gym at the moment. I got I got so pissed off with not being able to lift. So um, <laughs> I've, got, I've, I've got enough to deadlift now. Um, I'm not 500 kilos, obviously. I'm not, <laughs> I still lift a lot, but it's not 500 kilos. Uh, I've got the rack coming and all the rest of it. So, yeah, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going down the gym. I'm going to smash it up and uh, and just destroy myself, you know, for, for funds. But I still owe you. Who, who would have liked me? You're always me? a dinner guest. Yeah. yeah Maybe so something, looking went... at you too, you've got. Maybe something a bit lighter. Yeah, well, you say that. Neil Armstrong's a pretty killer and I've also apparently a very funny guy, but right. he's in it. He's he, as an engineer, he's and just an all round top draw man. I'd love to, I'd love to sit down and chat with him. But obviously, Robert J Oppenheimer, that would be a dark conversation. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've got one of his, I've got a quote of his on my on one of my tattoos. So <laughs> that's probably where that comes from. Um, and yeah, third. Oh, blimey! Probably James Cameron or somewhere like that. You know, um, Terminator director. Mm-hmm. I think. Just if we're going for light, lighter, um, <laughs> lighter. Yeah, well, because he's into deep sea diving and he's got the record for going to the the depths of the ocean. You know, uh, that'd be kind of cool. Right. Cool. I think our definitions of light are slightly different, but that's fine. <laughs> Oh, we have to like funny and like. Well, no, like, no, no. I think you. I think. <laughs> I think your list is great. I think your list is great. I just, you know, uh, I think I would have had Victoria Wood in mind, but that probably talks more about me than does about you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just, I, I. So I used to do quite a lot of dinner, uh, dinner parties when you were in the army called mess functions. Yeah. Uh, and and they were always great in that you can learn about people that you didn't know and you you chat and have conversations uh, with all sorts of people from politicians, royals, you name it, whatever, uh, at these functions. And the ones I always enjoyed most were the ones where I was like raptured by whatever, what they did for a living or 
what their life experiences are or where I can learn something. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, not everyone has pearls of wisdom to pass on, I guess, but, <laughs> you know, if you can, you choose your guests, yeah, you can yeah. gain that. Yeah, no, I think it's a great list. It's a great list. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, listen, um, that's been really lovely. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, it's actually, I've just been, I've been watching the window in the background in your office and, and, and we've taken you from, you know, early evening to darkness. So uh, apologies for that. <laughs> Sorry. But... I, I ran. No, 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 no. It was really cool. So, no, thanks very much uh, for your time. I don't know if you've got any more questions, Jace. I'm, no, I'm no, fairly I'm, spent. I'm done. Yeah, cool. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you again at the show um, next year. But I mean, when we are free to, you know, to roam about the country again, we'd love to come and see you. Actually, so oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, well, I've got a question for both of you guys. Oh, come on, you oh, go. come on. Then. Uh, all right, um, it's really highbrow, so forgive me. <laughs> would, <laughs> would you rather have balls for toes or dicks for fingers? Um. Dicks for and fingers. Fully functional dicks. Fully functional dicks as well. Yeah, so. dicks for fingers. I think it's gonna yeah. have to be dicks w- for fingers. It's gotta be, yeah. I wouldn't want to put my whole body weight on my toes. There's a whole <laughs> There's a whole balance that, thing the answer, going on isn't there. It? Yeah. <laughs> also, do you get like two in each like toe? So you end up with like ten little testicles on your feet, each foot. Who knows? I don't know. But it sounds painful. I told you it was highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is that not one of the Star Wars characters? I'm sure in the in the in the original in the cantina in the original there's one with you know oh, what's the, one? Oh, the ball chinian the, ball chinian. the guy who had like balls yeah, yeah. what's well, that from the ball chinian it's from it's from Men in Black ah uh, yes <laughs> yeah. they actually just called the alien <laughs> the ball chinian yeah. <laughs> oh dear oh dear. Yeah, then they Sorry. do that um, boxing thing on his face, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, huh. Are you a Star Wars fan then? Um, I, do you know what? I watch the films, but it depends. Whenever I says, are you a Star Wars fan? What you're thinking is like full on nerdy, like dressing up, got myself a lightsaber. No, I just like to watch things. I like sci-fi. I like, I like the films. And, I, you know, I can appreciate that other people get really into it, but... For me, it's an inert thing, so I'm not that bothered. Yeah, I watch the film; it's good, great. How old oh, are you? I'm, I'm like that. Uh, go on. Uh, me, yeah. I'm 38. Yeah, you see, I'm I, I saw Star Wars at the cinema first time round in 70. Well, it will have been 78, I think. I don't think it arrived here until 78 because that point in time they didn't sync and they weren't all playing in the same place. So it launched in 77 in the US, but I think it was 78 before it got over here. But I saw it at the cinema first time round. And for anybody of my era to see that, that, I think that's why there's so many men in their sort of late 40s, early 50s that are just addicted because it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. Oh, it was. I mean, you know, because I saw it at the cinema, but at the same token, I don't get upset by the new ones not being as good because I'm not eight anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we might I'm be about to have a fallout in our first podcast fallout, Jace. <laughs> You know, I, I'm scarred by Star Wars though. Right, as a kid, well, a kid, an older kid. So I was born in '81. So was it Empire Strikes Back? Empire Strikes Back '80, '80, yeah. Right. So, so my mum and dad said, "Oh, you're a product of the Empire Strikes Back." I was like, "Well, that doesn't sound good." And so apparently they had date night, 
I went to watch the Empire Strikes Back, and then you know, nine months later, here I am. You know, wow! I was like, brilliant. That's ruined wow. that film for me. Thanks. See, so much. Wow. If, it, if it had been Return of the Jedi, I could have probably gone with that. But there's nothing in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back that's Empire's dark, remotely arousing. No, it's dark. <laughs> It's really. Uh, That's why I'm a miserable. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You weren't going to say get there, were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look at that. That's progress. That is. I've sort of rolled it back. I'm, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Well done. I, t- I tell you, you're all right. We've got an E against our podcast name. You're fine. You can say what you like. Well, you t- you did tell me. Yeah, yes, you I can. Like, oh, brilliant. No, yeah, you, know, you, you, know. you could you could have gone there. It's fine with me. Fine with oh, me. Some people get upset by that word. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, we'll end on that then, shall we? On that particular <laughs> bombshell. Should we call it a night? Yes, I think yeah, we should. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Adrian. Good to see you. Thank you. Thanks, Absolutely. mate. And we're back. Um, and what a lovely interview that is. I'd, I'd forgotten, actually, because it's, it's five weeks ago, I'd forgotten exactly uh, what an interesting evenings chat we had but uh yeah what a nice guy yeah well you know not many people want to bring up and hire to dinner but you know thorpe no. does <laughs> yeah no good 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 man good man well uh, and obviously he'll, he'll be back so which actually brings me to a question actually mm-hmm. where are we with guitar show for next year um well uh, so i'm you know i'm currently not working on it because i don't really see the point um because we don't know where we're going to be um it's it's probably about 75 percent sold for next year yeah. uh on the dates of 27th 28th of feb i'm kind of waiting to see what the government says really about you know gatherings of people i've got plans in my head for if it goes ahead in february that i could extend the opening hours and have you know, half the people that come on a Saturday in on the first bit, half that come on the second bit, you know, but that's that's not a decision I can make on my own. I have to have exhibitors that are willing to do that as yeah. well. Um, and, and probably artists, to be fair, because you'd kind of be asking an artist to double up on a day, wouldn't you? So that or potentially, or people you, don't lose out. Yeah, you know, I, you know, do I, do I end up having... So normally I have like six artists on. Do I book three? And they 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 do twice as much, yeah. But to half as many, um, you know. I mean, are we going to be in this situation where the artists are willing to do it because they've not been able to do anything, you know? I or do I just um, postpone it a couple of months? You know, do, you know, I've got a certain amount of flexibility with the venue that I could push it back a couple of months if you know. I think we just need to wait wait and see whether there's a second yeah. wave or not. Whether Half the scientists say, you know, there's a second peak coming, you know, it's going to be worse than the first. And then the other half of scientists seem to be going, no, this is like SARS. It's going to burn itself out. You know, it could be gone within six months. I, we just don't know. We just don't know. Um, so, I, you know, I'm trying to run through all the scenarios in my head. And I think the most sensible thing to do at the moment is not to, you know, put anything in stone. Um, I mean, you know, the artwork's up for the show for 2021 but it has no date on it at the moment um because I've, i feel it would be foolish um to do so I, yeah the, the weird thing is um weird no i don't know um the great thing is that i've got an inbox full of emails of people who've not done the show before 
um, that want to do the show. And some of them are, you know, they're not UK based. You know, one of them's from the States, one of them's from Belgium, stuff like that, that, you know, want to come over and do the show. Um, so, you know, they've just got emails that says, um, yes, you can do it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll get back to you on a date. You know, and everybody, everybody at the moment is quite understanding of that sort of situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, fingers crossed it's 27th to 28th of Feb 2021. You know, next best thing is it's kind of April, May 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst case scenario is that, you know, it doesn't happen next year, but that's outside of my control. My plan is that it does happen next year. A lot of life would have got nowhere near back to normal if, if, by May, we can't do the guitar mm. show. Uh, that's yeah. a that's a big thing. I don't think people are thinking that far ahead. We'll still be at this level of um, restriction on what daily activity is. But I think I think the interesting thing, you know, I'm I'm really pleased to hear you say. Well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of ninety nine percent that we we're doing a show. Yeah. Uh, it might have to move a bit. We might have to slightly move the format, but we're 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 going to find a way to make it work. And I think I think you know I think you'll get the support of artists. I think yeah I you know I agree. I think you might end up working with half the number of artists who do who who come and um you know and and have to perform putting a shift twice. But I think a lot of them would be happy to do that. Um, so I think. I think you'll have something. I'm certainly looking forward to being there. So um... yeah, I, I, you know, it's um, it's hard. You know, I, I get messages via social media all the time because you know, I, I, once a month I kind of set all my social media up and running for the month sort of thing, and I like to post every day. Generally, they're <laughs> stupid memes. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'd say generally. They generally six, are. Yeah. Generally are. Six days out of seven are stupid mean, and the seventh is on a Monday that says who the new podcast sort of guest star is. Um, I, it, it's hard work trying to find six different memes a week, yeah. every week. Um, but I was going through my phone this morning, because whenever I find one, I save it on my phone, and I, I'd found another like 20 that I've downloaded this morning. Um where was I going with this? So, oh yeah, people, you know, I still get messages off um, visitors to the show that just, just they're so nice. And I was talking to Jordan, who does um, PR for the show um, earlier, and it, and I was saying, you know, I'd had a really nice message off uh, off someone um, this week, and he said, yeah, "You've got to remember, mate." He said, "You know, this is people's passions and hobbies." He said, "They don't get to talk to Marshall like you do, and and so on." So they really appreciate what I do and you know and sometimes I think when you've worked in the industry for a long time I'm I'm sure it's the same across any industry you kind of take it for granted occasionally and sometimes it's nice to kind of stop and kind of go oh yeah this is pretty cool right do you know what I wholeheartedly agree because I think it's easy for those who've been involved for a lot of years to forget um how close we are to it and the magic of it um and, and if anything those of us who've worked in the music industry and the instrument industry for a long time, the only ever thing we do is bemoan the fact that we stop playing the guitar because when you work in it all day, every day, the last thing you want to do when you finish is pick a guitar up. Um, you know, and actually, um, if that's the worst part of it, then then we probably ought to shut up and stop feeling sorry for ourselves. But anyway, anyway, one last question. Yeah. Um, who we got next week? Uh, so next week is Mikey Demas from Skindred. 
It is indeed so Mikey Demas. We interviewed well you interviewed him at the guitar show. Um yeah. but it was it was it was short um it, it was in the uh, the shithole cupboard. It, it um, was in the cat litter room. Yeah. And um Mikey was on his own manning his stand. Yeah. Uh, so he could only give us about 10 minutes. And when we listened back to it, it was kind of like, this is really good. It's just not long enough. And we could have asked him a whole lot more. So I um, spoke to Mikey and he was well up for doing it again. Um, so we were like, well, let's scrap that one and just start afresh. And I can be in on it as well because, you know, at the time I was running the show and you doing the interviews. But actually we we can have the three-way again. Another three-way. But, yeah. Yes. And And unlike where we've been for a little while, we haven't recorded it yet. No, no, this is quite exciting. We're, we're back into recording mode. Yeah, we're in the yeah. moment. You know, I've got a list of um, of others um, that you know I, I won't say, but actually there is some there's some good names uh, of people that um, are interested in doing it. So um, it won't be drying up anytime soon. Have you got anybody from Hawkeye on? Hawkeye. Yeah, the people who do the goal line technology. <laughs> no, no. Um, All right, okay. Damn. Yeah, was the guitar behind the line? It, mm. Right, mate. I'll see you uh, again next week to interview Mikey. And, yeah. uh, and And obviously then to record the other bits to get with the podcast. So take care of yourself. Have a good week. And you, mate. See you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Hold up. 